0: Chapter 4 of Frostiana. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Cold. The sun had first his precept so to move, so shine, as might affect the earth with cold and heat, scarce tolerable, and from the north call decrepit winter, from the south to bring solstitial summer's heat. Milton. Heat and cold are nature's two hands, whereby she chiefly worketh bacon natural history of cold the properties of cold seem to be directly opposite to those of heat the latter increases the bulk of all bodies the former contracts them and while fire tends to dissipate their substance cold condenses them and strengthens their mutual cohesion but though cold thus appears by some of its effects to be nothing more than the absence or privation of heat as darkness is only the defect of light yet cold is probably possessed of another quality which has induced many to consider it as a substance of a peculiar nature. It is well known that when a continuance of cold has contracted and condensed bodies to a certain degree, if then its power be increased, instead of progressively lessening their bulk, it enlarges and expands them, so that extreme cold, like heat, swells the substance into which it enters. Thus fluids sensibly contract in a cold temperature, till the moment they begin to freeze, when they immediately dilate, And occupy more space than they possessed while in a state of fluidity hence liquor frozen to ice in a close cask is often known to burst the vessel when ice is broke on a pond it swims up the surface a certain proof of its being lighter or of a larger bulk than an equal quantity of water this dilation of fluids however is probably owing to a cause very different from that of excessive cold alone because the power of freezing may be artificially increased while the intenseness of the cold receives no considerable addition and on the contrary a substance capable of melting ice will increase the degree of its coldness thus for instance sal ammoniac mixed with pounded ice or snow melts either of them into water and increases their cold to a surprising degree as is obvious from the effects of this mixture in sinking the thermometer Hence the freezing of fluids cannot be entirely considered as a result of cold, but of some unknown property either in the air or water, which thus mixes with the body and for a time destroys its fluidity. Effects of Cold on the Human Frame Its immediate effects on the human body are contraction of the cutaneous pores and a temporary obstruction of insensible perspiration. Hence we perceive what is vulgarly called the goose skin, and the parts thus affected will not recover their usual elasticity till the spasm be removed, either by external or internal heat, or by friction which excites the latter. Beneficent nature has enabled our frail and complicated frame to support the heat and cold of different climates with equal facility, And though man has devised artificial means of defending his body against the action of cold, or more properly, of retaining the inbred or vital heat, yet it often happens that, by exposure to extreme cold, the fingers, ears, toes, etc. are frozen. Thus, the natural heat of those parts is reduced to the lowest point consistent with life. If, in such cases, artificial heat be too suddenly applied, a mortification will ensue, and the frost-bitten parts spontaneously separate. Hence, they ought to be thawed, either by rubbing them with snow, or immersing them in cold water, and afterwards applying warmth in the most careful and gradual manner, by which they will soon be restored to their usual tone and activity. Effect of cold on vegetation Although excessive heat is seldom very injurious to vegetation in this country, yet the defect of that element, or in common language excessive cold, is frequently destructive to the tender shoots of the ash, and the early blossoms of many fruit trees, such as apples, pears, apricots, etc. The blights occasioned by frost generally happen in the spring, when warm sunny days are succeeded by cold nights, as the living power of the plant has then been previously exhausted by the stimulus of heat, and is therefore less capable of being excited into the actions necessary to vegetable life by the greatly diminished stimulus of a freezing atmosphere. In the northern climate of Sweden and Russia, where long sunny days succeed the melting of copious snows, the gardeners are obliged to shelter their wall trees from the meridian sun in the vernal months, a useful precaution which preserves them from the violent effects of cold in the succeeding night, and, by preventing them from flowering too early, avoids the danger of the vernal frosts. In a similar manner, the destruction of the more succulent parts of vegetables, such as their early shoots, especially when exposed to frosty nights, can only be counteracted by covering them from the descending dews, or rime, by the coping stones of a wall or mats of straw. Singular effect of cold in Lapland The effects of these extreme degrees of cold are very surprising. Trees are burst, rocks rent, and rivers and lakes frozen several feet deep. Metallic substances blister the skin like red-hot iron. The air, when drawn in by breathing, hurts the lungs and excites a cough. Even the effects of fire in a great measure seem to cease, and it is observed that though metals are kept for a considerable time before a strong fire, they will still freeze water when thrown upon them. When the French mathematicians wintered at Tournier in Lapland, the external air, when suddenly admitted into their rooms, converted the moisture of the air into whirls of snow. Their breasts seemed to be rent when they breathed it, and the contact of it was intolerable to their bodies, and the spirit of wine, which had not been highly rectified, burst some of their thermometers by the congelation of the aqueous part. Extreme Cold of Siberia Here, says Mr. Gmelin, we first experienced the truth of what various travellers have related with respect to the extreme cold of Siberia, for, about the middle of December, such severe weather set in as we were sure had never been known in our time in Petersburg. The air seemed as if it were frozen, with the appearance of a fog, which did not suffer the smoke to ascend as it issued from the chimneys. Birds fell down out of the air as dead and froze immediately, unless they were brought into a warm room. Whenever the door was opened, a fog suddenly formed round it. During the day, short as it was, parhelia and halos round the sun were frequently seen, and in the night mock rooms and halos around the moon. Finally, our thermometer, not subject to the same deception as the senses, left us no doubt of the excessive cold, for the quicksilver in it was reduced, on the 5th of January, old style, to a 120 degrees of Fahrenheit scale, lower than it had ever been observed in nature. Curious effect of cold on the feathered tribe In February 1809, a boy in the service of Mr. W. Newman, Miller, at Leybourne near Malling, went into a field called the Forty Acres, and saw a number of rooks on the ground very close together. He made a noise to drive them away, but they did not appear alarmed. He threw snowballs to make them rise, still they remained. Surprised at this apparent indifference, he went in among them, and actually picked up 27 rooks, and also in several parts of the same field, 90 larks, a pheasant, and a buzzard hawk. The cause of the inactivity of the birds was a thing of rare occurrence in this climate, A heavy rain fell on the Thursday afternoon, which, freezing as it came down, so completely glazed over the bodies of the birds that they were fettered in a coat of ice, and completely deprived of the power of motion. Several of the larks were dead having perished from the intenseness of the cold. The buzzard hawk being strong, struggled hard for his liberty, broke his icy fetters, and effected his escape. Miscellaneous Effects of Cold in Foreign Countries in Former Times The effect of severe cold in other countries and former times is thus mentioned by Martin du Belay, who affirms that in Luxembourg journey the frost was so sharp that the ammunition wine was cut with hatchets and wedges, and delivered out to the soldiers by weight, and that they took it away in baskets. Philippe de Comines, speaking of the cold in the Principality of Liege, anno 1769, says that the wine was dug out from the pipes, cut in wedges, and so carried off by gentlemen in hats or baskets at the mouth of the lake Meotis, the frosts are so keen that on the same spot where the lieutenant of mithridates had fought the enemy dry foot and given them a defeat the summer following he also obtained over them a naval victory the distress in the retreat of the allied armies from moscow can be imagined if the comparison be made of the miseries the greeks endured in retiring from babylon to their own country one of which was that being encountered in the mountains of armenia with a storm of snow they lost all knowledge of the roads and were a day and night without eating or drinking. Most of their cattle died, many of them were starved, several struck blind with the driving of the hail and the glitter of the snow. Numbers were maimed in their fingers and toes, and also became motionless with the intense cold, although their understanding was not impaired. The Allied forces had a much longer duration of similar calamities to sustain and overcome. End of chapter 4 Recording by Lewis Fletcher